Hello, I'm Gina Thomas-Kelly from SB Nation. And I'm Amir Tyree from DraftKings Nation. And we're the hosts of Football Cheat Sheet, a brand new podcast that comes out every Friday and gives you the tools you need to win money and dominate your friends and fantasy this NFL season. Be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. And if you have questions about fantasy football, DFS, or betting options for any week, drop those questions along with a five-star review, and we'll be glad to answer them on our next show. Yeah, uh, just to kick things off, we're coming to you guys on... Uh, Friday, so we get to get some of that just crazy action from the Chargers Raiders game from Thursday. I, for one, completely got destroyed uh, last minute. Um, I'd done pretty well earlier on in the day playing like English Premier League stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll put something in a, a GPP. Uh, and then Derek Carr tears his groin in the first quarter, and Marcus Mariota comes in, which we have not seen him in forever since he lost his uh, job to Ryan Tannehill, essentially. And yeah, completely, completely lights it up, gives him a chance, gives him a chance to uh, win the game. Um, looks great, was pretty efficient, uh, showed the athleticism, uh, ran for 88 yards. He has just as many 80-yard games as Ezekiel Elliott in the last eight weeks now. So uh, that's, that's impressive. But yeah, the Raiders are still going to um, try and make that push for the postseason. So that kind of changes uh, the whole dynamic around that team. So I don't know if you caught any of that, any, if you caught any of that game, Gina, but that was just crazy to watch. It was ridiculous. Just it was all the way around. Yeah, it was a wild game. Um, and I just felt so bad for Raiders fans seeing Carr go down just because it happened. I think it was the 2016 season. That was really his most consistent season as a pro. He was a legitimate MVP contender that year. And then, you know, right toward the end of the season went down with an injury. And so this is, you know, a similar situation. They're poised to go to the playoffs. And But, I mean, Mariota is a good option. And so it should be interesting to see how this works out for the Raiders. Yeah, because um, especially when I was watching it, it was like uh, Carr went out and then Mariota didn't really take any time to uh, even warn up. I think it was – Joe Buck was like, he's seen their defense. You know, he has, he has more time to get ready. And then of course <laughs> they like, they drive down the field and get a couple more first downs before he steps in. But yeah, I, I definitely think a lot of people were uh, under, underselling him. And then now it's not necessarily that he's facing like super easy defenses coming up as they've got, um, they've got the Dolphins and then they've got the Broncos um, on schedule, which the Dolphins secondary, Xavier uh, Howard leading those guys. They've, uh, def- they've definitely been great. They've, uh, did a great job against the Chiefs, uh, turning them over a couple times. So, um, yeah, watching that dynamic. But I don't, I don't think necessarily thinks this affects Darren Waller too much because I, I was surprised when he threw that bomb uh, down the side. I don't know if his uh, volume is uh, quite the same, but I think still a lot uh, high upside for Darren Waller. He had 150 yards and a touchdown in that game on uh, nine receptions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my husband and I did a flash draft last night, and that kind of made on DraftKings, and that kind of made it a uh, having <clears throat> car go down made it a little bit more challenging because it was just hard to know what that distrib- what the passing distribution was going to be with Mariota behind center. Yeah, and then coming from uh, one thing that really got me was uh, uh, coming from the the Charger side because they were dealing with so many injuries this week. And that down to like the last 15 seconds before everything, like all like the lineups locked out, I was like, man, I have Eckler. I have, I think I had, I think I left, I left Eckler and Keenan Allen out of the thing. And then I saw, um, who was it? Field, Field Yates tweeted that he, Keenan Allen looked into the camera at the game and was like, 
do not sit me today. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, it's, it's like he's trying to Josh Jacobs us. What do I do? And like it goes down to like the last 10 seconds. Of course, I put him in and he gets like 2.6 points. I'm like, oh my God. Of course. Of course. I, and then and then Kalen Balaz scores a touchdown over uh Eckler, who's been going crazy since he came back from injury as well. So just the tilt in that game all the way around. But if anything, it showed you that um what is it? Uh Tyron Tyron Johnson is um a guy who's who's definitely stepping forward uh with the injuries to um Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's stuff there. And then I I'd faded, I faded Herbert, which is like my risky move of the day, considering I kind of assumed I kind of assumed he wouldn't have as bad of a game as he had his past two weeks. But then, you know, I, it, he, he made the most sense going in uh, for sure to captain in like a showdown uh, lineup. But, hey, he I, I don't know why I, I was down, I was thinking he could have oh a subpar game that way. So it, it did not pan out for me. So I think I think he should be continue to look strong for. Uh, the rest of the year, regardless of how bad the Chargers record is. Yeah, uh, the Chargers are a better team than their record suggests. And Herbert, like we've talked about him a lot on the show. I have um, I have started him most weeks here over the past, like probably 10 weeks or so. And he's been really consistently good in DFS, especially. But yeah, the past two weeks. Uh, well, I, you know, I really thought that he'd bounce back against the Falcons after getting just blown out by the Patriots. And, um, he did not really bounce back against the Falcons, <laughs> which is, um, surprising. And so, yeah, I think that he's still very good. He's going to be very good long-term, but, um, yeah, he's been a little bit of a disappointment for me here lately in DFS. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was definitely, that was a strong way to, uh, start the week very just very weird game but also very close Chargers have played in like a million ones like one score games it's like really close games um all year but we still have uh some loaded stuff coming up for the weekend we've got Saturday we got Saturday football and then we got um the main slate on the main slate on DraftKings uh, 11 games but yeah uh playoff playoff implications are you know on the line for a lot of teams uh, one of the main, one of the ones I wanted to talk about, even considering it's crazy, considering that uh, the Bears have a chance to make the playoffs still after going, they had that six game losing streak and they're um, up against the Vikings this week, which, you know, they have to root for a couple other teams to get the job done. But I think, um, yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of interest in that uh, from a fantasy perspective in that Vikings and uh, Bears game, because Mitchell Trubisky is kind of on his, like, he's on his like redemption tour. He gets the job done and they, destroy the Texans. So yeah, now they're coming, they're coming back against, uh, you know, maybe, maybe more of like a, more of a passing game um, for him uh, against Minnesota. Cause um, Allen Robinson finally had uh, gotten going thing. And then an, another thing to monitor on that front is uh, Jimmy Graham was a guy who I was really high on earlier in the season. He's like, I hadn't noticed until I looked and like checked snap, uh, snap percentages over the last couple of weeks, but he's like slowly, slowly getting phased out of that system. For uh, Cole Komet, because Cole Komet has played more snaps than all the bear, all Bears tight ends for three weeks straight, and Jimmy Graham has been under fifty percent of the snaps. I was like, oh, Jimmy Graham just did he did just score a touchdown, um, in week fourteen. But I was like, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Um, Komet, I think, has a really high ceiling, and with Graham's age, it just makes sense that they would start to you know de-emphasize him and move on to the younger guys. So he's definitely a tight end to keep an eye on. I think. 
Yeah, and that's um because even even with even with those, like I think maybe the winner of that game might end up getting that could end up getting that final playoff spot because you have to uh, look at the other games around. They're going to have to be. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other teams. Like they're going to have to be rooting for the Eagles, who were really surprising um, this last week because I paid up all the way um, for defense um, for the Saints, and then I was like, "Oh man, Jalen Hurts is really going to make me eat. Going to make me eat it." And he definitely did. That was such a huge upset, and as listeners of the show know, I'm a Falcons fan, and I really hate the Saints. So I, it was like Christmas came early for me with that upset. I know you. I know you appreciated that. And now they're coming back to play the the Cardinals this upcoming week. When I think, yeah, people were well seeing seeing how he was able to inject some life into the uh, into the offense against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Now uh, coming back, you know, the Cardinals have had their better games, but also, you know, they've, they've been picked apart as well. So seeing um, how they're going to attack that. And th- that's definitely something from a stacking, uh, but just like from a st- stacking perspective, I kind of want to talk about uh, a little bit later on the show. But yeah, that as far as the like the Vikings Bears game, you know, they both those teams have got to uh, really think playoffs now, because if, if, the, if the Eagles upset the upset there and then a couple other things come together, then um, they can find themselves in the playoff picture, surprisingly. Yeah, it's just that whole division has just been adventure this year. Um, so that, yeah, that is going to be really interesting. And I, I am really surprised, I guess, that the Saints are planning to play Drew Brees this week. Oh, weekend. yeah. Yeah, because I think that it was 11 ribs that he broke. And um, yeah, which is nuts. And so, yeah, apparently he's going to be back this week. And I like, what do you think about him as a fantasy option? Yeah. One, like, I'm not, I don't think that I'd feel great about yeah. him in there. Well, you know, even, even before, I I think we see a good amount of Taysom Hill. We know, um, regardless of whether you're a Sean Payton fan or not, you know he's all about the gamesman, like the gamesmanship and kind of uh, you know get in the get in the opponent's head kind of deal. So I think a lot of it is that I think not necessarily that we see it split 50-50, which you know before earlier on we were like, oh, uh, T- Taysom Hill is still going to be a gadget guy, and we were thinking James uh, Winston was going to make make his showing, which was not the case. But this time around, I think given that they've kind of been game planning for Taysom Hill all week, it's just like to. I think it's to throw to throw a wrench in there, um, kind of plan and you know have a little add a little element of unpredictability as far as what to expect. But I, Bree, I think he's he's going to be on the field. But uh, I don't I don't know if I would start either one. I don't know if I would start either. I would just stay away from the Saints completely. I think at quarterback. But if you're going to pick one, I think Hills. Still, yeah, because I still think that he'll get his. Um, he'll get his snaps. I mean, he's played it overall very well for the Saints when he's had to fill in here. And he did look like a quarterback much of that time. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I'd steer clear of those guys this week too. I'll be interested to see how the uh, how the snap count break, breaks out there. But for, for me, it's a no-go. And then another, um, another game for sure I think a lot of people will be uh, checking out is that uh, Houston Texans-Indianapolis Colts game. Um, a couple weeks back when we both had the really big week as far as uh, talking about Waller and talking about T.Y. Hilton. Um, T.Y. Hilton's on like a crazy – he's on like a crazy stretch now. I had him um, – I had him again. I had him again in this 
and this last week I opted like last minute to go to go with like a Colts Colts thing and got like Philip Rivers and uh Taylor and TY. He caught those two touchdowns. And I don't know. I think I, I think I might want to take a step back on this now because when it's when it seems like he's he's you know he's so he's so hot. Maybe a lot a lot of people will definitely be on Taylor given that he's uh he's really um starting starting to surge. But yeah, between that game and you look at uh Deshaun Watson, Kiki QT, uh Chad Han- Chad Hansen has gone like over uh 80 yards in two straight games after I talked about um the other week. He hadn't played like in a regular season game in like two years or something like that. So um I have to I have to look again and see because I I I know TY Hilton's price is uh gonna be on the rise again. Well, no, five thousand, five thousand five hundred, so still pretty affordable from the fifty one hundred that he was at last week. But I don't, I don't know if I want to try. I've already, I've already hit there like twice, and I think going back there three times in a row might be a little bit much for me. But the, the mat, yeah, the matchups, the matchups still not bad, um, by any means. But yeah, uh, Houston was able to surprise some people by, um, putting putting up. Putting up, uh, putting up numbers and making that a competitive game, uh, despite being the first game without Will Fuller uh, in the mix there. So I think people are going to ha- have their eyes on that game as well. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Um, I've been, I've had Jonathan Taylor in my lineup for the last two weeks, and I think that yeah, that's something I'm going to try to stick with. So as long as I can make it work with the cost, um, because yeah, he has been really, really solid for me here lately. The last thing I want to talk about as far as um, ga- as far as games coming up uh, for this week, just like from a matchup perspective, fantasy wise, um, seeing what this new the New England Patriots Miami game is, um, I think people people the public is pretty split on how uh, that game is going to go, especially coming off um, you know Miami put up a great fight against the Kansas City uh, Chiefs in their last game. New England got completely destroyed by the Rams, but oh my, Miami had the worst injury luck in Week 14. Yeah, that, yeah, because scored the two touchdowns, but he hurt his shoulder and he's been struggling to get in practice. Um, and then Jakeem Grant and uh, Devontae Parker also went down. So especially just like two weeks removed from that 45-0 win over the Chargers, I think there's a, I think there could be a good a lot of uh, amount of value in that. Uh, in the page in the Patriots defense. And then as well as, and then uh, Miles Gaskin also on the COVID-19 list. And it looks like he's going to miss another game. So a guy who's on my radar is Lynn Bowden, who Lynn Bowden Jr. Who is a uh, wide, he's like a, he's listed as a wide receiver, but in some season long, he's like a wide receiver running back kind of hybrid guy. Um, yeah. He had seven, he had seven receptions for 82 yards in the last game. So maybe he's a guy to keep, an eye on, but yeah, two two his weapons are you know they're really he's, he's going to be really limited on offense, and I think even even at home that could be uh, a tough game that you might want to look at. Uh, not a lot. Of, I don't think a lot of points will come from that game. With Bowden, um, it, it he's the last two weeks has had over fifty yards, um, and like you said last week, that was a career high seven catches, and he had eighty two yard so um you know definitely trending in the right direction there i think that he's probably going to be a low cost guy who would be you know good to stash on your on your in your lineup if you if you can make it work i didn't have any uh specific 
over under stuff for this week. So I think we're just going to move into uh, just talk a little bit about hits and misses and get into some um, lock sleeper stuff before kind of doing a, a waiver wire uh, breakdown of uh, who we kind of want to keep an eye on. I think that Jonathan Taylor was my biggest hit. Like I just talked about how that was um, a big one for me. And then um, as far as the misses, this might be my lowest point total all year. Like this was really maybe the worst lineup that I have had. Um, so yeah, Herbert, not great. I mean, he's usually well over 20 points and he only had 16 points. So it was an improvement from the previous week, but still not good. Um, Eckler was good. Jonathan Taylor, 33 and a half points. So that was really excellent. But then I had Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, Alan Lazard, and they all had like fewer than four and a half points. Yeah, and then, that, do yeah. it. um, and the Seahawks defense did well. They had 12 points. I, I put in whoever's playing the Jets. That's my whole defensive strategy. Yeah. And then I, I, I at least had Gasecki who had a strong game. But like you said, I don't know that I'd follow that up with him again this week because of his injury status. Yeah. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical about him even uh, getting on the field. I'll have to definitely uh, mon like mo monitor his stuff um, coming up to the game, but man, my lock, my lock of last week uh, did well. I can't, I can't remember who I, who I did as a, sleeper last week but I locked in uh Donovan Montgomery and then he kicked off the game with that 80 yard touchdown so that was nice he got he was quieter than I would have liked him to be for the rest of the game but at least at least that uh got me started in the right direction uh Jonathan Taylor C.Y. Hilton Gasicki we talked about uh two things I missed on like I talked about earlier uh the Saints the Saints defense I thought was uh gonna give Jalen Hurts a tough time uh they did not and then uh Corey Davis, which is always like a guessing game of guessing between, you know, Corey Davis had, he had that monster game the week before. It's like, it's a guessing game of who's going off, AJ Brown or Corey Davis. And it's always kind of, uh, you know, you just have to get lucky with that one. So I'm, I missed on that. And, but I have, I have some good, I have some interest in him uh, coming back because at AJ Brown, um, I know he had the, he had the re, it looked like he re aggravated or had like another leg injury from, uh, week four team, he's been limited. He's he's pretty much limited every week, and then he comes out and has like his full workload, uh, for the for the most part. But either way, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put uh, Corey Davis uh, out of the mix for this upcoming game against. I want to say they're taking on the Jaguars this week. No, they are not. The Titans are playing the Lions. There we go. The Lions today, which yes. is also maybe maybe an even better. Uh, more, more of a run. Either way, the Lions are like bottom six or seven against the run and the pass. So, uh, I'm, I'm still, a, I'm still a fan of him coming back and returning value in that uh, daily fantasy or season long. So, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, those matchups for Brown and Davis are pretty good this week, um, especially with you know Jeff Okuda is still out, I think, with an injury, and so I think that that creates a lot of opportunities for those guys. Yeah, and then moving on to. Uh, lock and sleeper. I want to come back to Brandon Ayuk for my lock of the week, 6,300 on DraftKings, going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Matchup doesn't get much juicier than that for the most for the most part. Uh, yeah, he's just regard. You know, the San Francisco's just been torn apart by injuries all year. 
Um, the running back situation, I I would just give up on. I would just give up on that. Like I I stay away from all those guys, um, at least season long when it comes to Mostert and Jeff Wilson and trying to guess trying to guess who's gonna uh, who's gonna be there. Debo Samuel now out with that hamstring tweak that he suffered on his first touch of the game in Week 14, and yeah, Ayuk's just been going uh, been going crazy. They're looking at getting him back in the return game, so not necessarily say he's gonna get a return touchdown, but if he does, you heard it here first. Um, getting back in that, he's averaging over 21 uh, DraftKings points uh, per game over his past five appearances. So yeah, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't put up put him up against one of the uh, worst def- defenses in the NFL. And then as a sleeper who maybe isn't necessarily a sleeper, uh, well I don't, I don't know because his his price has gone up a lot. Jalen Jalen Hurts uh, really surprised me. Um, I think that his price jump is really going to scare a lot of people, but he's one of my favorites for like the lower owned stack and like a GPP. He was 50, he was 5,100, which is like about as low as you're going to get a starting quarterback um, in week 14. Now he's up at 5,900. So he's above some of like, he's above some of like the more uh, respected quarterbacks. But one thing I will say is uh, when you have a, when you have a mobile guy, um, like hurts and he's going up against um, man against man defenses that can be a nightmare and no team has played more man than the Arizona Cardinals this year so I think if he's gonna I think if, I think if he's gonna have two like back-to-back great games that this is the stretch for him to do it and if you're gonna put him with someone I would say Miles Sanders who is he's a little pricier than who I like but he had he had his best um, game of the season uh, like 32, 32 and some changed uh, DraftKings points and uh, week 14. So, you know, those little, I think he's getting more involved in the run game. The volume isn't quite uh, what you want it to be like that. And then maybe um, just like a, just like a cheaper, if you want to go like cheap someone, um, Alshon Jeffrey, or any one of those receivers or Dallas, like, I think Dallas Goddard has the edge over um, Zach Ertz. He's not going to, he can he can he can throw the ball downfield, but he's not going to try and stretch it out too much. I think it's just going to be more of like a break contain, and you know the receivers like run themselves open because when when the when the you know secondary has to like look look in the backfield and see like where Jalen Hurts is running around, it makes it that much easier for uh, his guys to get open. Which we saw a lot of that against the Saints, and I think he could uh, bring that back against the Cardinals. And I think yeah, maybe maybe I wouldn't go him to go like three or four weeks in a row. I think this like back-to-back matchups um, is pretty prevalent for him. So he's he's not super he's not super cheap, but I I doubt people will be willing to pay six thousand for Jalen Hurts after he's had one start. Yeah, yeah, and I I mean I can understand that, but yeah, if you're looking at ownership percentage, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, my lock this week is going to be Rob Gronkowski, who has finally started catching touchdowns and goes up against a Falcons team that is. You know, I feel like since I became a fan of this team, they have been weak against tight ends. And so, yeah, I just think that he has the potential to have a big day in Atlanta this week. And my sleeper this week is from the same game. I picked the wrong Falcon last week for my sleeper. I picked Ito Smith. Uh, And I should have picked Russell Gage. 
Gage had um, five catches last week for 82 yards, and he threw a 39-yard touchdown pass. Oh, I completely missed that one. I didn't. Yeah, yeah it was bonkers. And so, um, yeah, Gage. I think you know Julio Jones is out again. I do not think that we'll see him take the field again this season. I don't know why in the world the Falcons would trot him out there in a meaningless season when. You know, I mean, it's not like they're going to win and it's not like it would make a difference if they did. So um, with him out, I think that it creates more opportunities for Gage. And so uh, he obviously, you know, had a great week last week. And um, I think that he'll be a big factor in this week's game plan, too. Yeah. And I would I want to say I want to say we talked about Gage and the. I don't know. Maybe we did. I feel like we maybe talked about him in kind of the waiver wire pickup things we were talking about. Yes, I feel like we, we said did. something about what's the point, and we kind of were like, yeah, is Julio Jones really going to be much of a factor the rest of the stretch? And at, at this point, it looks like you know they're on the road to a top five pick. So I don't, I don't see why they'd put him out out there. He he can still be an asset for uh, the time he has left. So it make that makes sense there. Yeah, absolutely. I would be fine with them just absolutely shutting. Julio down for the rest of the year, let him get fully healthy and then come in with a new coach this off season and hopefully be a better football team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Let's come into the, this uh, waiver wire stuff. Um, I had to make a little adjustment, a little uh, adjustment now that Derek Carr has been injured. Cause he was uh, one of my, uh, one of my top guys uh, that I liked coming into uh, week 15, but um, yeah, hurts. Hurts uh, coming up. He's got Arizona, and then he's got Dallas. So uh, not bad there before it is, uh, gets gets a little tougher, and he goes back to um, Washington in that in that next game. Philip Rivers. He's got he's got Pittsburgh after this Houston game, but um, Jacksonville after that. Just to go back, Hurts is was about seventeen percent owned um, when I when I looked at it. Uh, after after last week's games had wrapped up, Philip Rivers around forty one percent, and then Mitchell Trubisky, he's got Minnesota and Jacksonville before uh, Green Bay. So if he can uh, if he can really keep on, and then I have to uh, throw it into Marcus Mariota now as you know, not necessarily that the Chargers is a super respectable defense this year, but um, I think given that he was able to do that with uh, with all the rust and like not even really getting first team reps and running. Uh, with those starters, I think that he, he can he can still get better from there, and yeah, he can he can be a better option than some of the people who are in uh, than what you have if you're in like a deeper league. I think he could step forward and continue to put up some solid stats, especially as a dual threat guy. And then as far as running backs, uh, Lynn, yeah, it's like a weird it's like a weird kind of uh, toss up between. Uh, running back and wide receiver, like I said, for Lynn Bowden before. But he was uh, 1% rostered uh, coming off that uh, week 14 game, which I'm sure has gone up uh, quite a bit with um, – uh, he got uh, Las Vegas – yeah, Las Vegas and uh, Denver and uh, and Kansas City and some of the games he's got uh, coming up still. Um yeah, Jeff, Jeff Wilson. Even though I really do not, I really don't like that. Um, I really don't like it for uh, daily fantasy, but for season long, it seems like they like him near the goal line more than Raheem Mostert. Uh, Tony Pollard is a uh, a little under the radar uh, right now. Is Ezekiel Elliott logged a season low thirty two snaps in Week fourteen, 
only had 48 rushing yards on 12 carries. And Pollard pretty much matched that with a season high 11 carries for 39 yards and also had two catches for nine yards in a score. So I don't necessarily uh, expect him to spit it down the middle, but it's clear that, you know, Zeke is not the star. Like I talked to at the top of the, at the top of the show that Mariota has as many 80 yard performances as him in the last eight weeks. So um, yeah, I don't think you can really expect those big, those big numbers from Zeke's if you need a pivot from that, it's going to be hard to get like a big time guy, but at least you can, you know, Pollard, Pollard is going to uh, see some work and has just about as much touchdown upside, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, at this point in the season. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys are just a mess at this point. They've had so many injuries along the offensive line, obviously the, you know, the Dak has been out for many weeks and all that kind of stuff. So you would think that they would be relying more on the run game, but I just think that, I think that the offensive line issues, like the injuries that they've had, is probably a big factor there. Yeah. And then going on to receivers, um, Russell Gage, Russell Gage uh, definitely is up there, especially with the Julio news is only going to help him more. One of my, my favorite, my favorite one coming into week 15 is uh, Gabriel Davis was at uh, 7% rostered from the Buffalo Bills. He's caught a touchdown in four of his last five games. Um, John Brown is, uh, John Brown is, uh, on the mend and, um, and coming back, but yeah, I think Davis is at, at least a, a wide receiver. He's, um, I'm not sure what his roster ship is at now, but, uh, just given, you know, it's not, it's pretty rare that someone who's scored that frequently to be so readily available. And, and so, and, uh, a lot of fantasy leagues. So if you want to, if you want to jump on him. Yeah. He ranks third among all rookies. Uh, for scoring this year, well, for receiving touchdowns, he has six, so it's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's been and he's been flying under the radar, and with the Bills' offense is looking like they're really, um, you know, they're start they're starting to click again. Even if he does come uh, behind Cole, like you know, Stefan Stefan Diggs is the guy uh, at times going to come behind Cole Beasley, but they're not running the ball a ton with uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. So I think he, you know, he has a, he has a pretty good chance to be a threat at least to to find the end zone but yeah I did, I did not realize he was doing that well as far as receiving touchdowns though yeah it was notable enough that the nfl included it in this week's capsule so <laughs> that's how yeah. I-, I guess i was thinking off the top of my head i was thinking like justin jefferson has been great like he's not finding he's getting a ton of yards but i guess he's not uh scoring uh scoring much but yeah every, as far as like i can't i'm trying to think if he's like he's somewhere in that five-ish six-ish range maybe receiving yards but yeah, I guess he's just not quite finding the end zone. So Dave, Dave is coming from like, not not that he was not involved at at all, but you know, it, he, his involvement continues to grow. I think with the weeks, and he's he's really benefited from uh, John Brown missing time. Mm-hmm. Two other ones I want to touch on: Kiki QT. I'm not as uh, high on as some of the other guys uh, who's at 45% rostered uh, coming in. Uh, at, coming off of week 14, but also Nelson Aguilar, 36%. He still, uh, he still can be that, uh, that deep threat guy. And he had a, you know, he had his, he had his ceiling, he had a ceiling game and week 14 before playing that Thursday game, as well as uh, Tim Patrick, who scored, uh, he had the two, two receiving touchdowns against Carolina Panthers week 14. Uh, that was his, those are his second and third score in the last uh, two weeks. And he does lead. He doesn't get as many targets as Jerry Judy, but he does lead them um, in receiving yards by, you know, not not a wide margin, but also receiving touchdowns this year. So he's 
he's like pretty cons he's like pretty consistently been a guy I've, I've talked about with people are you know they're kind of just like letting him chill and then he has a breakout game he has I want to say he has 300 yard games so far on the season you know he's not like looked at as like the star guy he just a lot of the uh what a lot of people say on him is he has that regular name so no one he doesn't really pop out he's not a, he's not one of the cool name receivers he doesn't you know kiki pops a little bit more than yeah tim patrick but he's good i promise yeah um and so here's a fun note on him from the capsules this week um, so he's played three games against the AFC East this season, and he has 333 yards, averaging 111 per game against the AFC East, and has a receiving touchdown in each of those games. So that in and of itself, I think, makes him a viable target. Oh, yeah, that is. Uh, those are definitely impressive AFC East numbers. Mm -hmm. there, so thank you for that. Yeah, he's killing he's killing the AFC East. It looks like all, all, all the ceiling games when it come against them. But yeah. And then uh, I talked about I talked about the the Patriots, uh the Patriots defense. And then a couple other uh defenses you might want to check out. We have the the Cleveland Browns, even though they had that they had that rough loss um to the Ravens coming against coming up against the New York Giants, where uh Daniel Daniel Jones is kind of up in the air and I don't think anybody's banking on uh Colt McCoy to hit a home run. Especially, you know, he was only hit something like 100, like 105 passing yards against the Seahawks, who have been the worst in the NFL all year against the pass. So I think um, coming up, it, not not to say the Browns have a great pass uh, defense, but even they have, you know, even they've done uh, pretty well or better, better than the Seahawks this season. So uh, yeah, I think uh, keeping an, keeping an eye on them as they're not rostered at a very high rate, just because they're very good run stopping team, not not great. Uh, through the air, but if if Daniel Jones doesn't start in that game, I think they could uh, definitely shake up Colt McCoy. Yeah, and I don't think it sounds like Jones is going to be able to go. Um, you know, Joe Judge had said that uh, that Daniel Jones keeps lying to him about whether he's okay, oh. and then Joe Judge was like, "I'm going to have to just use my eyes," and then he listened to him and he said that he was healthy enough to play so he did and then he got hurt again so it just doesn't sound good um i think that even if he does play he might not be 100 percent. so i think that that also makes the browns a decent defense option before we before we go on to just like uh we did it did did pretty well with the um with that washington with a washington uh upset pick over uh the 49ers which now I'm not I'm not quite sure what to expect from expect from them now that uh, it looks like well uh, Smith has been ruled out and it was going to be uh, Dwayne Haskins will be back under center but who do you have first let's think let's try to figure out who's in the well you put yourself in the doghouse for a player but do you have an actual player who is in the doghouse um yes I'm gonna put like the whole middle of my lineup in there I'm gonna put you know what I'm going to do? I'm putting Tom Brady in the doghouse for not throwing to Chris Godwin. Like it's not Chris Godwin's fault that Brady didn't involve him. So I won't blame Chris. I will put Tom Brady in the doghouse. Um, and yeah, Terry McLaurin. I mean, I think he, he just had an unusually bad day. Lazard is always a gamble because Aaron Rodgers has so many options to throw to, but yeah, so I'm going to, Chris Godwin was the biggest disappointment, I think, for me last week. I think I'm going to go with, up against, let's see, I'm going to put Cam, I'm going to put Cam Newton in there. 
he hasn't had the he hasn't had the conventional uh, quarterbacks net uh, stats, but um, he got over um, 100, 100 yard passing yards for the first time in like three weeks against the against the Rams. So you know, considering he wasn't able to get there against the Cardinals and Chargers in the weeks before, you know, it it wasn't great. Only had a fifty three point nine uh, quarterback rating, so that's not the best. But he's got a He's got to get it. He's got to get it back up for this um, game against the Dolphins, who are, you know, they're missing. They're missing all all their major playmakers uh, for the most part. So he's gonna have to uh, pull that. He's gonna have to pull that together. And I think there's still, you know, the the Patriots aren't just gonna. They're not just gonna like lay down because they think they're not gonna be a Super Bowl team. I expect them to continue to uh, be competitive and try and figure things out. And even. Um, I have to I have to uh, check up on it, but I know Julian Edelman was even looking to get back in the mix of things. I know he's uh, trying to work back after. I thought he was uh, essentially done for the year. So it looks I thought like so too. Yeah, I saw uh, yes yesterday or two days ago. I saw that he was uh, making an attempt to uh, come back to practice or at least um, start working out. So he's yeah. trying he's trying to get back. So that would definitely give them a boost. That definitely would. Um, yeah, part of the issue has been that, you know, Cam just doesn't have that much talent to throw to. So that's definitely been an issue. Hmm. And then just as I look, just as I look at these uh, point spreads and lines, this is a, this is a, it seems like a kind of difficult week uh, for, you know, at least, yeah, for, for at least on, at least underdogs. Um. It's going to be an interesting one. As far as uh, as far as point spread goes, uh, I do like the Carolina Panthers plus eight and a half against uh, Green Bay. We saw, yeah, we saw the we saw the Lions get into a dogfight with them. Only only a one score game there, where uh, DeAndre Swift did come back. They still didn't have their top guy, uh, Kenny Galladay, in that game. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson has still been has still been showing out, but you know, without without Galladay, and they have an elite corner and Jair Alexander out there. And then, you know, the Panthers have that close game against uh, Denver, but they're getting DJ Moore back from the COVID-19 list. So they're going to have Robbie, they're going to have Curtis and, you know, they're going to have also Mike Davis for, for a, a lot of, a lot of weeks this season, Green Bay has uh, been picked apart by those uh, more versatile running back types. So uh, I think that game could be closer than you think, not necessarily can't uh, Panthers upset because uh, Green Bay, favored uh minus 400 but i think i think they could cover that eight and a half point spread um and as i'm looking i'm trying i'm looking at these i'm looking at these money line things seeing if anything really pops out to me this is this is a this is an interesting week say oh well the okay i hadn't hadn't realized um i thought the i thought the patriots would actually uh, be favored in uh, this one but they are patriots are uh, plus 100 at Miami. So, um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely like that one. It was uh, sneaking away from me at, uh, at the bottom there. So, um, yeah, if, if two is not going to have all, if he's not going to have Parker and he's not going to have Gasicki, he's not going to have, um, Miles Gaskin and Jakeem Grant, that's uh reasonable. That's, you know, that, that's enough to, uh, rattle him, which we've seen, we've seen Tua had, have some big time rookie games where, you know he hasn't necessarily been able to uh, move the ball against uh, lesser against lesser defenses at times. So, um, I, yeah, I think the I think they can definitely uh, get that upset there. And I'd, I'd argue that the 
even coming off that game against the Rams, which like it's, uh, you know, because think about how uh, Tua played against the Rams earlier this season when they when they got that win. He was he was he was terrible, and he was terrible in that game. So, um, yeah, I think I, I like I like I like that Patriots one, but I, I'm gonna leave it at that. That was that was tough as far as uh, as far as far as finding an edge on uh, money line stuff, but yeah, those are the two that stand out to me. Yeah, those both sound like good plays. Took a sorry, it took a little long on the money line stuff. Hey, it's tough out here. I'm trying to keep the street going. <laughs> yeah, well, that is our show for today, folks. Um, thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Gina Thomas. It's J E A N N A Thomas. And um, sometime today, Friday, I will go ahead and create this week's DFS contest on DraftKings. And you can play along with us. I will tweet that info out later. Um, it's a standard lineup with a $50,000 salary cap, 10 people. We can do multiple leagues if there's enough interest. There's a $10 buy-in and the top three pay out each week. So look for that on Twitter and uh, let us take your money. Or yeah. at least Amir, I did not win any money last week. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'm on a, I'm on a two-week streak right now. I assume, are we going to... Are we going to include Saturday stuff yeah. in this week? Yeah, okay. I'm go ahead and get it set up today so that we'll we'll do Saturday, Sunday, and Monday's games. Cool, cool. And yeah, you can find me at it's underscore a miracle. I will be jumping in there and trying to uh, three-peat coming in, coming into that one. So I've had some good luck. If you want to think of it, I might, I might pivot off. I don't always go with like the low-owned stack ones, but – Mm-hmm. I, I always, for the most, for the most part, I, I at least put my lock and sleeper. I, for the most part, having it, having mm-hmm. my lineups, unless I see something like crazy right before kickoff. Me but too. yeah, um, it's underscore miracle, A-M-E-E-R-I-C-L-E. And also be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and drop fantasy DFS and gambling questions in the comments with a five-star review. And we'll be happy to answer them on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you next time.